Know your neighbor. It's not asking much. Simple, humane, and we'd like to think a logical approach. Welcome and thanks for joining us. Know Your Neighbor is a platform for constructive but brutally honest discussion on varying perspectives of race relations. We're approaching it in a simple way, by having a conversation about it, allowing perspectives that oppose our own and listening to understand. The aim? To know your neighbor. This simple gesture should be better for us all. Hi, my name is Keenan Carlsa. I'm a South African currently living in the United Kingdom. Being outside of South Africa has actually just made me realize more how much I love it. How's it and welcome to all the listeners. Wandi Limatondo here, born and raised in KZN Mlazi, now living in Johannesburg. Trust you guys will enjoy the podcast. And I'm Aubrey Rue, a 32-year-old Afrikaans-speaking white guy living in Cape Town. Welcome back to Know Your Neighbor. This is the second part of our language episode where we dig deeper into the topic of language. We discuss if it's worth learning other languages and what are the incentives to do so. We also contemplate on what the future of South African languages could look like. Enjoy. Sorry, Chris, I don't know if you have anything to add specific to what Keenan just said. Like Keenan was saying earlier, like his context right now in England, is it worth his kids learning Afrikaans? All right. So uh, learning languages always had an incentive, right? So for an example, I'm learning Mandarin and there are clear sort of um, um, incentives for me in that career-wise, the future in terms of global um, um, economy and, 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 and the global sort of um, general growth trajectory is pointing towards China. China is quite a very staunch cultural um, um, nation. Um, and when they say China, it's also the surrounding. So your Hong Kong, your Macau, um, Taiwan, is, although it's a country of its own. Um, so it's, it's really understanding that you know, whether you like it or not, it's likely where the power, at least economically and in somewhat socially, culturally will lie. And I think as Africans, it's probably more, 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 more palpable for us. So I think language then becomes a thing, right? All of a sudden, this language that we probably grew up hearing in like karate movies is now has a different sort of um, 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 sort of element to it. Right. Um and, and, and for me, I think that's what it's about, right? The instrument remains the same, but what it gets used for has like different, um, um, has different power given the intent. Um, so, and I think that's, 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 a huge, that's a very important element of it. So when I'm con- contrasting it with Afrikaans in, 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 in apartheid South Africa, you know, the language itself, you know, is, 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 is it's a economic language within itself. If you think about it, quite a lot of black colored um, white people you know, Sutu people, Zwana people speak it across different provinces, but because of how it was instituted, it has a different language, uh, relationship and meaning for a lot of people. And hence there was a resistance and there are people till today that have that same sort of relation to it. So I think it's, it's, it's very important to understand that layer. Yeah. So Chris, you, it's, it's a, yeah, I mean, it's a, very interesting kind of uh, approach because even earlier in our conversations we spoke about um, in different ways 
you, I think you even made the point of like the language that you learn being at your parents deciding or you deciding as an individual, like a large part of it is choice. So what direction you kind of are steering yourself. So the, the question that, that arises is that if, if we have the opportunity to kind of formulate the architecture of what the future of culture, language, diversity, um, the most optimum way would be in terms of language for the world or for South Africa, um, what would that look like? And I know in particular, like language in institutions and particularly like educational edu institutions often becomes quite a, um, like an inflamed point. It should be something that actually has huge um, opportunity and there's, there is potentially a lot of opportunity to unlock there. But if you, if you speak to um, Afrikaans people about language and adversity or um, I think actually anyone from any language, I think often people get their backs up because it's such a sensitive point and because language has such a kind of uh, has played such a big role in our in our history so what what does or what could the future then look like in terms of um like language specific universities or um kind of uniformity in language how do you guys see that panning out and and what do you think is a is a is a good way to a good direction to kind of head into in terms of that for south africa mm. look it's it's um I think the language thing when it comes to institutions uh, is it's very important to understand what are we heading towards? What is the what is the growth trajectory for South Africa? Like, what are we saying South Africa must be in the next 5, 10, 20 years? Um, for me, that's always a premise. And in a very non-partisan, non-cultural, non-racial approach, just practically speaking, the kids and your kids' kids what are they being born into? What kind of system has been created and economies created for them to be able to realize their dreams and obviously give back to that economy and that country? Um, if that is the lens and we agree that that is the foundation, then we have to ask the question of what is the, what is the, what is nationally and continentally the relevance of us having um, a, a, a teaching language at, at, at high education level? Um, other than English, right? Um, and what does that mean um, internationally? So if for me, if, if there's a justification that Afrikaans um, and rather being taught, um, you know, the different faculties um, or degrees sort of um, that, that, that come from university education or tertiary education, there's the relevance for it. There's a market we can play into. Then sure, let's go for it, right? Like if there was some wealth island or I wealth island somewhere, and the language there is 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 Afrikaans, then sure, let's train some doctors, you know, economists, you know, bank investment bankers, whatever, in Afrikaans because hey, we can export that talent. Um, so so for me, that's 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 just from a simple. Uh, uh, forecasting the growth of a nation, right? If Because if we're saying that we are rainbow nation or we are South Africa and we are diverse and want to take this country forward, that's what it means. It means as, as different as we are, different cultures, tribes, different races, all of that need to come together on a common, on, on what is a common ground. So I think for me, that's the, that's the first layer. The other one is you can still have the protection 
of the indigenousness with its language, cultures, etc., while still having a system that we can all sort of relate to. So we have Kenan, he goes and studies at Stellenbosch um, as a doctor. He um, gets taught in English. He probably services um, a clinic that I go to in the Northern Cape, the majority of people speak Afrikaans. Him as an individual, right, is multilingual. So he's able to do the conversing that, but the fact that he was educated in English doesn't take away from him being able to assist up, um, and the layman, if I can call it that, in Afrikaans, right? Whereas we need to weigh that up against, we need to now teach Kenan in Afrikaans, you know, medicine, and then the pool of where he can serve us immediately shrinks. Um, and the, 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 the market of where he can be employed immediately shrinks. When it comes to taking the skills elsewhere outside of South Africa, if you think about Botswana, maybe able to get away with Namibia, Mauritius, not really Muslim. You know, it, it really shrinks the pool. So it becomes that thing for me when I think about that in a very objective way, right? Um, and if you then look at this country and its history, it probably has a different angle that will go down. But I prefer that objective approach to say, like, what are we going towards? Right. What are we saying? We're building this country and we're trying to be a global player. Then you need to be pragmatic about some decisions. And, it, and, it, and it's non-race related, non-culture related. It's just purely this is what it is. China is a good example. Sorry to bring in China again. Um, there's multiple languages, right, or dialects that get spoken. Mandarin is just the medium that they say, OK, we can come together on this one because this one, we can all speak. When I say all, even outside of mainland China, like as in Hong Kong, Macau, you know, we can understand this language and this can be our English, but we will stick to it because we are not buying into um, 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 the globalist or the capitalist, um, which is we must learn English. And our, you know, sort of, vision or plan where we're headed towards is to become this powerhouse. We'll have a big population and we're going to take over this, this big industrial um, sort of sector of manufacturing and we'll grow into others. So that was their vision and, you know, clap to them. 30 years, they did it. We need to then say as South Africa and Africa, what is our trajectory? And that's why I use the example of Swahili, we could say that, okay, cool. We are saying that Swahili will be spoken across the continent um, because it's like the English of African languages. Then that's, that's then an optional language that you can learn. Am I saying that, oh, institutions must then teach in Swahili? No, because again, when it comes to being global competitive, if I teach um, Keenan in Swahili medicine, he's, he, that, the reach of that is as good as the continent. And also where it's spoken, because African countries, there's also Francophone countries, right, who may have a resistance to learning Swahili. So there's, there's, there's that element. Then there's Northern Africa, which may have a resistance to learning Sub-Saharan, well, they, what they deem Sub-Saharan African language, right? So then does it make sense in, in South Africa for us to be training our skills, right, in, 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 in Swahili? Maybe not, but it doesn't make sense to teach them in English but make sure they learn Swahili, 100%. I think that'll be a power move. They'll, ask, they'll be us borrowing some, some success lessons from China. And I think that's the thing, because China said this will be our, this is our language, is our English, but it didn't bar, you know, their they, 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 they skills, 
right? Um, and their skills based on learning English because their skills was understood. If I want to go to Harvard to do an MBA or even go apply my trade outside of of China um, and the surrounds, I will need to be able to speak English. So therefore they learned English. And that's why I think in ESA, you've seen quite a lot of that, quite a lot of um, teachers being in demand in China to teach English because now the middle class, you know, and the upper class are realizing, hey, my kids need to learn this language way sooner than what I've had to learn it. I mean, that time they probably a millionaire or whatever. So now we need more, more people that can teach this language. So that's just maybe a very economic, heavy economic perspective, but I think it has a very strong social um, um, element to it because um, just looking at South Africa and the issues that we have, I think we do need some directioning that can have some economic sort of, you know, benefits for us and certainly some some direction that we feel like the country is growing towards because currently we're not. Um, if I can uh, quickly just um, latch on to what Chris was saying there, because there was, I think, three words that I um, that I kind of like picked out from um, all that you said now. And the first is um, when you made the example of Keenan studying in Stellenbosch, I think you like focused on the individual, right? So the individual needs certain skills. The individual needs to have, um, um, needs to be able to deploy that skills like in a certain way and like he's going to be able to do that uh, being taught in a certain language, right? So um, I think that's important, but... Um, <clears throat> Then when we look at it from the institution side, right, um, I just feel like um, if we have, uh, uh, say for instance, we focus, um, because in South Africa, it's, it's, it's quite a big talking point for uh, some for Afrikaans to be like um, uh, language of instruction at some institutions, right? Um, I, I think personally, this is my subjective um, uh, view, it's, 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 a bit, it's a bit limiting where it, um, it doesn't allow there to be as big the access, the, the ease of access to that particular university is then so much more difficult for the majority of South Africans because, mm. yes, <clears throat> Afrikaans has been spoken for for centuries in South Africa, but um, it's not like one of the most um, widely spoken languages. And if you mm. look at English, most people, um, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, most people are, 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 are drifting towards English as they like, second language almost like you can say most yeah. people in South Africa will, will have an understanding of it right mm. um <clears throat> the, the 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 second word i wanted to focus on is um i've already now um uh, uh um mentioned it so it's my <laughs> my opinion is it's, it's from a a subjective uh, point of view right and i think language is always going to be something that is very close to like the individual so if my language my first language is afrikaans it's very difficult for me to um disassociate myself from mm. Afrikaans, you know, so there's always going to be that um, emotional connection that we have to Afrikaans. But then the third word that I want to like latch onto is the you mentioned the word pragmatic, and I think if we just look at things from a pra pragmatic point of view, um, South Africa going forward is going to need to latch onto like like that example that you mentioned now of China, of one universal language, right? Mm. That everyone has got access to, and that um, everyone can 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 learn uh, efficiently in. And I think if we're going to come to a, a compromise, English is unfortunately going to be that language. You know, yeah. what, what, what I think about is when we look at foundational issues when it comes to education, uh, when you come to your primary school or your pre-primary, then you need to have access to your mother tongue, right? Because mm. if you had to tell Keenan uh, uh, 30 years ago when, when, 
not 30. My math is a bit out now. <laughs> if you told me like uh, uh, 25 years ago, yeah. you know, I need to start um, learning my ABCs and everything and uh, uh, everything in English, right? That would have been a big struggle for me because the only English I knew was like TV English, you know, like what I learned from TV basically. So yeah. in that phase, if you have to go to a, a, a second language or a foreign language, if I can mention it, if I can uh, call it that, um, it's gonna you're gonna struggle. But I think once you get go through your um, through your um, school career, you know, like we all get exposed to English, and, and 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 all of us need to be able to pass to pass matric, right? So when you come to university, I definitely think that um, English is a viable option, and it's 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 the it's the it's the only language that we can really make a compromise towards because not all of us as is as efficient in all the other languages that South Africa has, unfortunately. Yeah. So, so, so I I agree with with lots of and probably most of the sentiments with of, of what you guys are sharing. But I think just to it's important that in having these conversations, we've got to try and put ourselves in the shoes of people that feel very differently about these things to us. And um, and I mean, if I just think of a few examples, because the examples you guys are are using. Um, so I think the bigger principle is a, is a very sound argument, and I think the number of examples across the world of that being a sound argument. In saying that, um, your argument is quite Afrikaans-heavy and kind of saying Afrikaans versus English. There's a lot of black students who are saying, why do we need to be educated in English? I mean, there was a big protest at UCT not too long ago and students saying, like, even questioning Newton's law in terms of who's this Newton guy, you know? Um, so, and those are all cultural things that kind of blend into language things, et cetera, et cetera, which, I mean, the Newton thing, let's not go doubt science. I don't think that's the smartest I debate. Think, I think have. that one we can <laughs> all agree. We've <laughs> seen more than enough of that. We can land that one. I was just <laughs> pushing the envelope a bit too far. <laughs> yes, but but still in saying that, so so where where does this? I mean, Keenan, you've already kind of given your view on it, but the, the the balance of where people get their cultural language depth association of culture, you know, that warm emotional feeling that you're talking about, versus where do they get the kind of pragmatic, economical, best decision for you kind of thing? So. Yeah, I mean, maybe that explains why people get their backs up because they might say, oh, it's not all about the economy or people have different views. But yeah, th those are just, those are things that people who, who disagree with our sentiments would, would put on the table. You know, I mean, there's there's that example of Solidarität busy building that um, university. I don't even know if it's a university. I think it's like a, a, a um like a technicon, yeah, yeah, somewhere that's only Afrikaans. And, and yeah, I mean, I think the thing that in, in those examples, those are the unfortunate reasons why, why this thing does become very much a, a Afrikaans versus the rest thing. And I think my personal view on that is, is just it's all about the intent. Like if the intent is to divide and keep us separate and exclude so that we can yeah, be in our own little closed-minded space. I don't think that's healthy. If you said to me, look, I want to be educated in my mother tongue because I think it's my best possible way of entry into the economy, but I'm open to embracing other cultures, 
that that's an argument I could I could embra- I could embrace, you know, in the right setting. But I think the intent in a lot of the things is important, and I think often the intent, perhaps unfortunately, is not necessarily open mindedness, but more closed mindedness. Yeah, and um, I mean that's just the reality of life, or just this earth that we're in, right? Ignorance is yeah. just in more supply than common sense, right? So we, 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 we've had the phenomenons that we've had historically because of that. Um, so my take on that personally, it's uh, my mom took the decision she took to say, you will go to this Afrikaans primary school. And when it came to selecting high school, she gave me the impression that I was making a choice, but she eventually told me, you will go to this English high school, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, so which one? And I'm like, um, my best friend's going to Tanikwa, so I'm going there. It's like, okay, but that's Afrikaans. You did primary school in Afrikaans. I'm like, yeah, what's the point? He's there, I'm going. And she was like, no, you will go here. At the time, for me, that may have been like, uh, you know, uh, she, she, she feeds me, you know, she puts a roof on my head, so who am I to contest that? <laughs> but it was also like, um, <clears throat> she's a teacher. So there's a perspective that she has. And what what I respect about my mom, as hard-headed she is, is that there was always like logical reasoning that you'll get, right? So it may feel like she's imposing something on you, but like we'll talk about you and it's like, oh, okay, go this way. So we sit down, we talk about it and I get sort of like the vision that she had, right? Yeah, really. And that's why I could share with you guys to say, this is what she was thinking, this is what she was p- pivoting us towards. So I think... Personally, my own kids, I'm just like, with what I've been exposed to and whatever, look, you will learn your mother tongue and you will hear it often, right? Um, And my wife and I have these conversations all the time because that, like, you must never be, and unfortunately this happens, you must never be the kid that just understands themselves in the language that is the medium of instruction. or like, like as a consequence of where they grew up, right? That could have easily been my case with Afrikaans. Right? Even when I step outside my house, speak Afrikaans, so therefore that's what it is, right? So there's a, there's a, there's a, there is a cultural preservation in that way. But when I'm taking decision as to okay, cool, you'll go to this school, or whatever. I'm purely thinking um, for, I'm purely thinking for like your future. When I come back to what you're saying, um, um, Aubrey, is where and I and I get where you come from is that from an options perspective, sure, you know that's why I'm not opposed. I don't have a particular strong view about solidarity. Building that technical college, right? The only thing for me that I have a question about is, oh, is everyone welcome? That's the only question mm-hmm. I have because mm-hmm. we do have coloured black kids, Indian kids who may not mind to be taught a technical skill, right? Or get a technical education in Afrikaans. And I think yeah. if we are saying that we are creating diversity and options, right? Because we know there's some pool of like market that they can service or opportunities, 100%. I, 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 could, I couldn't fault and, that. But and to add to all that, I'm I mean, saying what is, is, what is, yeah, when you just understand what are we building towards? Yeah. And we're saying that, is that an option? Yes. But is it now becoming an argument that there must be university that teaches kids in Zulu? The first question I'm asking, like, what are we building towards, right? Mm. Are we, where are those skills going to apply themselves? 
you know the well that's what i was about to ask is is what is what in your view what is what what is what is what is the university of zululand and forte and those what what is the kind of sentiment in those universities do, do you know yeah, for the universities there, it's always been the medium of instruction is English, right? Regardless that they are previously <clears throat> homeland universities, right? Um, because they understood, right? I mean, Mandela went to Forte. They understood then already like, hey, for us to be able to compete or be relevant in this economy or with the skill that I'm learning, whether I'm learning, being taught as a lawyer, as a scientist, or physics, whatever, and it needs to be in English, right? So. That has been the, 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 from what I know, what, you know, they taught him. But you have the option to, to do your studies in Isikosa or like the native, right? Like, for instance, I know the one guy in Grahamstown wrote a whole PhD thesis in Isikosa, but the PhD was about Isikosa, right? So it's, 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 the medium of instruction is English. There is interplay with like um, the native tongues, Right like with Forte. And like I said, it, what you have is your lecturers and whatever, they're able to explain some of the things in your native tongue, but still the middle of instruction remains English. So I think it's, 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 it's just the benefit of like being taught medicine um, in English, but you can have someone who can say to you, and you, if you're vendor speaking, like, you know, explain it better and help you understand in vendor better. Yes, yes. When it comes to postgrad yeah. studies, you may say like there's something I want to deep dive into um, in terms of the vendor's historical culture around certain practices that they had around medicine and healing. And I want to do that study. And, oh, I want to write that thesis into vendor. Is there someone in faculty that can, then there is. But that's such a rarity. Like even this guy who did this PhD in his class, that was the first and that's the only one I've I've heard of or know of, right? So it's one of those things where, yeah, sure, someone can contest and why they're not being taught in their native tongue. Practically, and the reality is that it is like they call it de decolonizing of the whole institute system. But then what is a system we are saying is going to be and we're building towards? Because just because we want to do that hard move of like we're going to revisit the whole system, doesn't mean the world stops and waits for you to be like, okay, cool. So um, when you guys figure yourselves out, you know, we'll then, you know, no. So for me, it's like, there's a sure the, the, the softer side of things of this, how I feel about it. There's also the pragmatic side of things where I'm just like, you know what, honestly, for me, if one of my lecturers at varsity was um, close to speaking or if you can't speaking, uh, that would have been cool. Would it have changed my experience of what I studied significantly? I don't think so. Because the articles, the like everything that I had to read, the textbooks, whatever, they were in English, right? Even when I was into even when 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 in, in an international institution, their reference point was the content was in English. So imagine I'm there talking things from a perspective of whatever language was taught in and it's just miss each other. So but that's just my journey and what for me, it was like, so even looking back and even if I was given the option, um, adversity only. And then the one thing I want to touch on, I think was mentioned, I believe basic education, which is primary school, high school, and obviously early education, 
they we should do the work of whatever your mother tongue is it's there you can learn it you can be taught um in it that option should be there but it is with a clear understanding that once you get to higher education this is you know the medium of instruction and there are many kids who have gone through um um pr- primary high school um in 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 in, a, in being taught in a language other than english and get to university and may struggle initially but but they get through and they practicing in their skills and or become entrepreneurs or whatever. So it's not also it's also not a misnomer where you go through Afrikaans primary school, high school, and then you go to you get to university and you have to be taught in English. It's 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 not a I had to do that transition, but for me fortunately it was between primary school and high school. But you 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 have to just work a little bit hard just to get what okay terminology whatever what what this is in English. But you get there, and you you know. Yeah, so it's 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 for me. I feel like that's where the win is, and that's where we preserve our cultures. That's where we ensure that from an identity perspective and celebrating our different backgrounds, and that our languages and our cultures remain alive. We have embedded that because those are the primary development years of of of, of a child's life in any case. Early childhood education, primary school, and then high school. That's why it's called basic education because laying the foundation. When it comes to higher education, and some kids may not even want to do higher education. Let's not forget that. Numbers of sign-ups for universities are dropping each year. So for those that do go and study further, you know, it's then a case of what's there, but also the system is designed this way, right? And um that's honestly my view. And like I use Afrikaans as an example, but I'm like that that sentiment is to any language. With even my mother tongue, there's for me honestly no incentive to be learning um investment banking, to be learning trade or to be learning city planning, which I did as a first degree. There's no incentive or have done my MBA in in honestly have no interest because I'm learning this to be able to relate in a certain system. And I'm not going to be able to if I was taught in Isikosa about it. Now, as a writer, and I may have an interest to then say, okay, let me be taught in Isikosa because I want to write Kosa literature, which is a very specialized sort of thing. So those are the nuances. And and I think happy to make provision for that. And we should make provision for that. But I think the majority of, if you think about higher education, what it covers I don't I don't see how it makes sense practically, even if the president was saying, okay, universities now will now move to Iskosa or I this I'm like, why? You know? So and 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 and, and just to then seal it off, why why basic change is so important is so that then other kids as well have the opportunity to say, let me learn Isuzulu, let me learn Isikosa, let me learn, you know, another language other than my mother tongue or the two languages I know, because what are you then doing? You're then saying when you get to university and you graduate, you are that doctor who's Afrikaans speaking, mother tongue, you can speak English, you can speak Isuzulu. Well, guess what? The market and the attractiveness of your of your skill has a wider reach then, right? Than what you would have had. That for me is is something that that it makes much more sense, right? But we don't have that. I I I I just want to um, add this one last thought, um, just particularly like on higher education, right? Um, I think um, we live in, or 
I used to love. <laughs> I kind of like speaking in uh, in dreamland now. Um, South Africa is a country where everyone has rights and everyone has free choice, right? So I guess um, a solidarity and all those institutions, they've got the right to set up that um, university because that's what our constitution allows, right? Um, but I think um, uh, in that particular uh, um, example, solidarity is a is a is a private uh, institution organization. Uh, all the other universities that we are familiar with, like uh, Stellenbosch, uh, University of the Free State, UCT, those are all public goods, right? So I, I think also in, in, in that sense, we, we need to look at it. what is going to be better for the public good, what's going to be best for the society of South Africa. So um, in, in that sense, the, the, the argument that, um, you know, like um, we want to be taught in our mother tongue, even if I'm 10% of the population, you know, um, I'm going to like say um, 90% of the population is not going to have like uh, a real uh, chance to be taught like in a, in a language that they understand. So from that from that perspective, I think um, uh, we do need to um, keep it in our minds like what is the public good and, and not just like focus on the individual because the individual has got very strong emotions and very strong feelings about my own language, right? So, but... But uh, as a as an institution, the universities that that we are mostly referring to are all like uh, uh, public goods. So we need to look at it from that perspective as well. Yeah, and public goods inclusivity, because it can't be a public good if it's not inclusive. I, I think you've you've hit it on the nail there. Yes, Aubrey. No, cool guys. That was uh, certainly some. Good thought-provoking, exploratory discussion and views as always. So thank you very much for your time. And uh, yeah, uh, there's definitely some of these topics we're going to pick up on again. That's, that's for sure. In this episode, we conclude that language can be a tool of inclusion or division, whether it be economically, culturally or socially. The more languages we know, the more we increase our reach, our perspectives, and it helps to build a more inclusive society. Ultimately, this helps one furthermore to know your neighbour.